And it is the darkest time of the year. It's cold. And for many of us, it's a time when we yearn for the warmth of reconnecting with our loved ones and our spiritual side. To talk about why, I'm joined by our panel of religious leaders. Muhammad Shujat Ali is the imam and resident scholar at El Haq Mosque in Vancouver. It's part of the BC Muslim Association. Melissa Skelton is the Anglican Archbishop of the Diocese of New Westminster. She's on the phone from Seattle. And Dan Moskowitz is Senior Rabbi of Temple Shalom in Vancouver. And he's on the phone from San Francisco. Good morning to all of you. Thank you for having It's so nice to have you in this morning. And I'm going to start with you, Archbishop Skelton. How does this time of year make you feel in terms of uh, levels of of a connectiveness and spirituality? Well, to be quite honest, it it is my favorite time of year. Um, The darkness and for us, the time of waiting and expectation and preparation for the coming of the light which we see in the birth of Jesus is is just a time of of kind of quiet uh, uh, expectation and preparation that, uh, for me, as a woman, uh, I know quite a lot about having given birth to two children. So it's a pregnant time, and therefore it's one that resonates really, really strongly with me. Mm. Imam Muhammad, what about you? What do you notice at this time of year? Personally, I would say it is indeed for us as Muslims, uh, it's a time of um, challenges in many ways, uh, political, social, and even spiritual in in light of the rise of consumerism and other different type of secular values that are posing constant threat to religious values. However, we are the people of hope and our religion constantly reminds the followers of the centrality of hope in the religion because we always look back at the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who is the key figure for us. We look up to him as a model. Obviously, he went through all these different phases of darkness and depression, but we are always optimistic because the victory was on his side. But we need to be pragmatic, wise, and deal things you know head on with dealing with the realities of time. That is what we see as. How do you keep that that focus in the face of so much busyness and so much tension? Especially living in the West, I realize it is quite challenging because uh, I have studied in the East and from India originally. And as as I moved to the West, I realized that it is indeed a big challenge for a lay Muslim to maintain that balance. But for me, what I say to my congregation, look, you need to realize that you are not just all about physical self. You have a spirit and soul. And to realize that that the existence of soul in human body is at the center of all faith. And we begin with that. And then, therefore, we have in our faith tradition a number of uh, acts and activities on a daily basis. For example, the Holy Quran says, you know, we need to, especially in the morning, this time of the, the day, and also as the day progresses in the evening, you know, to, to, to remember God constantly. Likewise, we have five daily prayers. They are there for a purpose and reliance on God as we deal with the issues of life, that, you know, everything happens for a reason and God has a better plan for us. So this is how we maintain balance in this regard. Hmm. And and Rabbi Moskowitz, as Imam uh, Muhammad mentioned, there is this tension this time of year. There's, There's the busyness and the consumerism on one hand, and then the religious holidays and an opportunity to unplug and and focus on family. So what wisdom can you share on balance at this time? 
Well, you know, I think that it's it's a wonderful time of year, as as the Imam said, when and, and as as the Archbishop said, when when all of these faith traditions come together for their various gatherings and festivals. Um, the holiday of Hanukkah is a, a relatively minor holiday in the Jewish calendar, but it's been made larger by its uh, proximity to the other holidays that are taking place at this time of year. You know, it's a festival of light. It's the idea of bringing the light of religious freedom and celebration of family and all of those values that come with it um, out in a dark period in our calendar and time. I think that um, there's a wonderful message in that. that it's a holiday that doesn't celebrate. It's a holiday that celebrates our, um, our, our uniqueness, but, but also recognizes everybody else's uniqueness and their practice and their own faith tradition. So I think that the, the messages of the holidays are really a wonderful thing to share, and they bring families and communities close together as we're all celebrating mm-hmm. and bringing light in this dark time of year. Hmm. And I'm struck by the fact that two of you are in the U.S. right now, and, and there's been a very divisive stretch in the national politics there. Uh, do you see that reflected around you? I'll ask you, Archbishop Skelton. I, I do. Well, there's a lot of concern in the Seattle area about uh, the recent uh uh, vote for impeachment and then what comes afterwards. And, you know, from as I think about this time of the year and, and so much of the discord and uh, upsetness around that in the U.S. and then in other parts of the world as well, um, it's not as if this, this uh, season ignores any of that. As the imam and as Rabbi Dan have pointed out, what we experience in this season is right in the midst of of these worries, of these concerns, and of the unrest in the world. In fact, the story of the birth of Jesus uh, in the Gospel of Luke really grounds that in this uh, oppressive uh, Roman rule of the time, and that it's in the midst of all of that that we we are able to draw apart, to, to draw on the foundations of the things that hold us together, and that focus us uh, towards the light in the midst of these things. Rabbi Moskowitz, so what are your thoughts as you spend time in the United States at, at this period? Well, it's interesting. So I was at a family Hanukkah party last night in the, in here in the United States in the conversation of the election was held today. Who would you vote for come up? And you could hear a pin drop. And it completely lost the, the sanctity of the moment, even though most of the people around the table would have voted for varying degrees along the same political spectrum. We lost all the, the spirituality of the moment as our, as our thoughts and our conversation turned to the politics of the day. And the holiday of Hanukkah was really about respecting others' differences. The, the, the fight that took place, you know, 2,000-plus uh, years ago between the small band of Jews who were fighting to just continue to practice their religion as they desired, not against the Assyrians and their desire to practice in their way, but the, the forced conversion, if you would, of, of ideas and ideology that, that really, I think, in this time of year, we need to celebrate our differences and recognize that, that people are entitled to their own opinion. There, there's a freedom of thought, a freedom of religion, a freedom of faith, a freedom of opinion, and that uh, most of all, when we gather with our families around our tables and our communities, we should celebrate that that freedom of identity that makes us such a, a unique, wonderful, and colorful people, mm. uh, not try to convert the others. And we are seeing religious divisions emerge around the world, most recently with the Indian Citizenship Bill. Uh, Iman Muhammad, what advice do you have for, for bridging those rifts that, that religion and politics can create? 
You know, I have give, I have reflected a lot, uh, you know, during the last few days because I'm originally from India and born and raised there and studied. So mm-hmm. it really, I mean, my heart bleeds to look at the conditions, what, uh, you know, India is heading towards. And it, it, it begins its descent in new Nazism. That's a reality. And, you know, targeting one religious community as Hitler did towards you know, Jews at his time, in his time. And therefore... Uh, I am very much concerned and what I would like to say in the midst of all of these things much of the problems that we have in our modern time you know political figures have brought this mess and they are the one behind all of these issues in in much of the cases and there are two groups that I could say and and look up to and, and, and have hope in to unite. One, of course, is you know political figures and politicians. The other one is the religious figures and religious leaders. So I personally have lost hope in politicians, to be honest. But so the hope is only left in this regard with the religious leaders, because we believe in the ultimate judgment. We believe that this world. Although it is not perfect, but we, God is going to serve justice to all of those people who have been oppressed. Mm. Mm. And therefore, I believe that we need to come forward. As we, I'm very glad that you have you know, basically arranged this panel to come together. So it is our job, and therefore we need to work together in this regard. And then my suggestion and advice in this would be to the public. You know, they need to rise up against all these types of oppressions, whether it is political and otherwise. Because if, if public does not accept this, then there is no way that you know they could impose these things on them, and this is what Indian you know population and public is doing right now. Mm. And we're going to have more on, on that story later in the hour as mm. we talk with another family. But just before we wrap up, I also want to ask each of you just briefly. This is also on a, on a personal level can be a time of of sadness and, and and people dealing with grief and loss and loneliness at this time of year. What spiritual guidance can you offer for people who might be struggling with sadness at this time? I'll start with you, Archbishop Skelton. Uh, it certainly does. It it doesn't have to do with denying the sadness. I mean, I, I think just listening to your report on suicides in Indigenous communities in Canada. I mean, I, I think there's something really important to acknowledge the sadness and at the same time to be in community. Uh, for me, those are the the two pieces that uh, sustain people uh, through this time. Uh, Archbishop. Or, pardon me, um, Rabbi Moskowitz, any, any thoughts to share? Yeah, you know, I think constantly about the empty seat at the table, the the person that was there last year that isn't there this year, and that might be because of death or it might be because of family discord, the loneliness that exists in our world. We're so isolated by our devices and our, you know, media streams, and, and we're not connecting with each other. And then these moments come around where society, you know, prompts us to connect. It, it becomes a seasonal thing. We should connect, and people don't have people to connect with. Families are estranged. Loved ones have, have, have are deceased, and um, it's a real moment, I think, to 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 recognize the humanity in each other, to reach out, uh, to to be inclusive, to broaden the tent, to to expand our tables, uh, and and to welcome one another in fellowship. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us this morning. Thanks for having. Thank you, Margaret. Well, all winter season long on the early edition, we have been compiling a nice list. It is a segment where we pause to honor some of the people who go the extra mile in their communities, those who do good work for other 